Protect the Rock is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know that Clemson ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. If you want to see Travis Etienne break off one of those big runs in person, head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. And we're going to enjoy this tonight, but on Friday, we're going to have another team meeting and we're going to get locked in on next year. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Protect the Rock. As always, I'm Nicole Auerbach and she is Grace Rayner. And we're going to do something a little bit different, Grace, because I don't think we need to break down the Wofford tape. We are going to talk Florida. Oh my gosh, you don't want to? I do not want to. I do not want to. We are going to talk <laughs> about the big news in the ACC. The big news with one of Clemson's big rivals, Florida State, making a head coaching change, getting rid of Willie Taggart. There are potentially some very interesting Clemson implications here. So let's talk about them. Let's, let's talk about all of the Clemson assistant coaches that you could look at if you're Florida State and you want to hire a really good coach. Now, I feel like this happens every year. And, you have, you know, everyone's like, oh, is Brett Venables ever going to leave? Or, you know, whenever Jeff Scott and Tony Elliott want to become head coaches, they're going to be hot commodities. But does it sort of feel like to you that one or more of them is maybe ready to make that move this season? I mean, I think every single year I go into the football season thinking, okay, this will probably be the last year that Jeff, Tony, and Brent are all together. And then every year – I'm wrong about it, um, but it just does feel like, okay, now Clemson has won two titles. It looks like they're going to compete for another. It does feel like we're getting closer and closer to, at some point, like a, a worthy team is going to make them an offer they can't turn down. Right. So um, would Florida State be one of those programs that is worth considering, worth, worth leaving Clemson for? Because there are a lot of reasons that they've stayed. But there's got to be certain jobs that are of the caliber that you you listen. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the million-dollar question right now. We talked to both Jeff Scott and Brent Venables on Monday, and Brent was a little um, – you know, he basically just said, I'm just trying to get ready for NC State. There's nothing to handle, to be honest with you. And that was kind of the end of that. He didn't really go into it. Um, but there is a lot of chatter right now, especially about Jeff Scott, given – his family ties to Florida State. Um, you know, he when he, when he was a little kid and and grew up dreaming of being a coach, it was because of the time he spent in the Florida State locker room. You know, his dad was on staff there under in the Bowden years. But I mean, you have to you really have to wonder. This is a major Power Five job. I mean, this is this is Florida Florida State. This is not you know some of these other schools that have some vacancies that are oh I don't know maybe this is not big enough. I mean, I would think that I know Florida State obviously has its issues and a lot of people think this is going to be a tough sell for, for them. But to me, this is, you know, this is one of the primo jobs still in college football. Yeah, and I agree. And I think that's kind of why it's going to be really fascinating to see where the search goes, because you have an athletic director that doesn't have a ton of experience. So is hiring a search firm. Also explicitly said boosters are going to be involved, which, by the way, they always are. And 
especially in this case where boosters apparently, you know, got $20 million together overnight to make a change in the first place. Um, but it's going to be fascinating to see if David Coburn goes the route of an experienced head coach, because there's, there's definitely candidates that would leave for this job or like the hot assistant. And again, if you go for one of the Clemson assistants, you're also, you know, you're, you're, you're advancing your program and you're pulling away a key piece of your rival. Right. So like, to me, it's going to be really interesting to see which, which route you go. And Bruce Feldman, our colleague, he he thinks that they're probably leaning established head coach, and that's why you're seeing names like like Mark Stoops and PJ Fleck and, and names like that being thrown out there. But I do really wonder in this particular case, because of recruiting, because of the familiarity with the league and all of those elements, it could be a really interesting look if they do at least consider Tony Elliott or Jeff Scott, probably not Brett Venables, even though, you know, he could be a head coach tomorrow if he wanted to. Like, I, I just think it's going to be fascinating to see what types of candidates they end up interviewing. Yeah, I mean, to me, look, regardless of where this thing goes and regardless of it, if they're going to take one of two routes, of course. There's really only two options, the established head coach or the up-and-coming coordinator. But to me, you're not doing your homework if you're Florida State – and you don't at least pick up the phone and, and call these Clemson coordinators. I mean, where it goes, we'll see. Uh, but I would think that you you got to at least try to gauge some interest. Like you said, this is a situation where not only are these all really good coaches, but you would be taking uh, a major cog from the program that has given you the most issues in your conference the last five years. Right. So it's going to be – it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. And I wonder, Grace, what, what you make of that job and what happened with Willie Taggart. Like, it is very rare to see a coach get fired, not for an off-the-field issue, less than two years into his tenure. And obviously, you know, there's a lot of expectations there. This is a place that you can win national championships and won one not that long ago. But – do you think it's it's partially because Clemson is here and then there's a huge gap and then you're Florida State? Like, you you know, like, where do you think everything went sour or why? Like, I, I'm curious, just like your perspective of the state of the Florida State program where you're spending time around the program that they want to be on par with. Yeah, I mean, I think as long as Davo Sweeney is at Clemson, being the head coach at Florida State is going to be difficult. I mean, this is a Clemson team that yeah. does not seem to be slowing down anytime soon. Um, I have kind of had I don't I haven't really known how to react to it honestly because covering Clemson is really all I've ever done in my professional career, and there has been like no staff turnover. I mean, I've had the same head coach right. and the same three coordinators. Um, and I'm on my third season here. And so you look at the continuity that Clemson had. And, I mean, that's a large part of why they win. And we've talked a lot about that. But that really is just so, I think, freakishly rare that I don't really know what it what it's like to cover a coaching search or to know, okay, this makes sense to, you know, part ways. Um, I, I mean, I know I stopped dead in my tracks on Sunday when I saw the tweet and was like, wait, what? <laughs> um yeah. I just, it just, it seemed, it was very sudden and very, I mean, we all saw Twitter. Um, but it is interesting to look at it from 
both perspectives, especially when you put Clemson into the mix, because that's just not something that happens here. Yeah. Well, as someone who has covered many coaching changes. Um, yeah. Enlighten me. Yeah. They're, they're awful. They are exhausting. Like to Sean, we need to like mail him, Venmo him for some beer money or something, because <laughs> it's just it, it's really it's tough because it's the only thing that anyone cares about. And especially like when it's a midseason change and, you know, there, people are not really going to be it's, it's not like they're actually considering the interim coach. So you're not really looking for progress or or anything really on the field this this last bit of the season. And it's just about who you think you can get. It depends on, you know, is USC actually going to open? That feels inevitable too. So is USC going to draw away potential candidates? Again, you talk about fit and culture. That is such an important piece to all of this, and that is going to come in play when, you know, during this whole, you know, silly season when it really gets fully underway here. Like, when you talk about a guy like P.J. Fleck, he brings a lot of energy and his slogans and the rowing and the boats and all these things that, like, it has to be the right fit because if you go to a program where you just can't have stick or any of that or people are not going to buy into those things as – tenets of how you build a program, it doesn't work. And so, you know, Florida State's an interesting place because, you know, there were a lot of different things that you could point to at the end of the Jimbo Fisher era and during Willie Taggart's era about culture, about fit, and about those important things that make it harder to build from outside of issues at quarterback and O-line. But it, it one thing that doesn't help in general is when you have, like, these short tenures back-to-back-to-back um, or in this case, back to back, like it, it, the any signs of progress, and there didn't, there you know we didn't see any on the field, but anything in terms of like recruiting or momentum or developing offensive linemen and things like that, you're you're resetting and starting over again. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be really interesting, and and you got to think about like how long is that leash gonna be for the next coach because it can't be this short. Like th- there's gonna be coaches who don't want to consider Florida State sure. because Willie got fired less than two seasons in yeah I mean they've set a pretty daunting precedent in that regard of you know you don't you don't have a ton of time to to figure it out and I know culturally there were some things that were were going on and you know I I think the president said in his statement what did he say like we had no other choice I mean that was that was pretty pretty powerful words but you also wonder and, well and I but I but I think he's right yeah yeah I mean I don't know enough really about the did. culture I mean, but like that yeah I don't think he would but, say that if he didn't mean it I mean I think it gets to that point um Chris Vanini and I have been working on a story about mid-season changes and we talked to a lot of 80s who've made them in the past and it does get to a point where you feel like you have no other option and you have to do it and it's it's about money coming in from boosters and donors and it's about money coming in from ticket sales and you know it's it's all those things that end up coming into play in this decision and the the craziest part is also just the idea that they could rustle up 20 million dollars overnight to make this happen oh i know yeah i mean that to me is like a massive statement and how urgent they felt that this was i mean you rack up that kind of money in that amount of time, and that's that's the biggest statement of all to me is that there was there was very clearly a sense of urgency behind the scenes yes. that was 
looking to get this done immediately. And two, I think, and we, we even talked to this about Jeff Scott, or we talked to Jeff Scott about this um, on Monday at Clemson, is, is part of this, okay, let's go ahead and fire Willie now so that we can get someone in ahead of the early signing yeah. day. I mean, yeah. that has changed the landscape completely, too. Now that you're signing kids in December instead of February, is that maybe an unintended consequence of this new early signing day, possibly? No, that's that's a really good point. And I think, um, you know, I've talked to a number of different agents and coaches in the last few weeks and um, have made the mistake of calling it the early signing period. And they always correct me. And they're like, no, it's just the signing period now. Like everyone is doing almost their entire classes in December now. So that is huge. I mean, and you got to think about like with some of these ADs and presidents making these decisions, if you want to try to salvage that class, like right now, obviously Florida State's is a mess, but you know, you're, you're thinking, all right, you got a signal change, right? You, you, you know, you're signaling that things are going to be different, get better. And it maybe it, you know, maybe it perks up some of these other top players out there who are going to wait and see who gets that job, right? So there, it's it's very important and has added a huge wrinkle. And, you know, we've had coaches get hired, like, the day before the signing period, on the signing period day. Um, it, it's just kind of crazy how, how soon that is and how much that does end up affecting stuff, especially now that, like, we've seen people use it as the main recruiting period and not like a secondary one because I think if you're only going to sign like five guys or whatever then it's not as big a deal but it's 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 your whole first class now yeah I mean this is I don't yeah it doesn't surprise me at all to hear you say that these people correct you and call it the signing period I mean this is just how like this is how players are now making their intentions serious and you know now there's this thing it's like if you don't sign early like you might not have a spot (laughs) Yeah, well, exactly, and that's what the message is clearly uh, getting sent to the players. I-, I wonder as well when when you talk about like the money that has already gone into this decision. You have Florida State; they've they actually are still paying part of Willie's buyout from Oregon, like to Oregon. Um, there's a, there's a lot of money already paid on on clearly a mistake and, and just this a tenure that did not go the way that anyone expected or wanted it to. And I wonder if that also outside of, you know, when you, well, I guess not outside of, but part of that conversation of like, do you go the existing head coach route or coordinator route? You know, it, you, you could probably get the coordinators for a little bit less money, no buyouts or like, it's just a different situation financially. I mean, clearly like money is not an issue when you, you know, have an $18 million buyout and your staff and all that, that FSU is paying. But I do wonder in terms of like when you're talking about like starting salaries and what people are making now and head first time head coaches and all of those different pieces could come into play. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a really big part of this question, too, is that, OK, you look at this. Are you going established head coach versus up and coming coordinator for on the field slash recruiting purposes? And then what is the financial factor yeah. of this as well? Because, yeah, someone like. Tony Elliott, someone like Jeff Scott, someone like Brent Venables is probably going to be a little more affordable than some of these established head coaches that they would ha- actively have to lure away and most likely buy out. Yeah, and and I do, uh, again, and I, I think that's a plus. And obviously these are coordinators that are making good money because they have been pursued and they need to be paid, you know, like the uh, elite coordinators in the country. Um, but it, but you're right. It is still a different salary conversation 
than you would be having if you're going to be looking at a head coach that maybe signed an extension recently and has a bigger buyout or a longer, you know, longer, um, you know, deal right now somewhere else. And so it's going to be really fascinating. Like, I, I wonder just generally, Grace, like, are you a person who thinks there is any advantage to actually making the change in the middle of the season? Or would you, like, if you're AD at Florida State, do you ride that out or do you make that decision now? I think I would be inclined to ride it out if the February signing day period was still the norm. Now, I don't I don't know. I mean, that's just so huge. And you have like you said, you have to be able to say, OK, we understand what's going on here and we're we're addressing it. You know, it's not just something we're going to do. Like they send a pretty powerful message to every recruit in America on yeah. Sunday afternoon that like we are going to try to put you in a situation where we can get Florida State back to elite national prominence. So, I don't know. I mean, I as as a as a human being, your heart goes out to Willie Tiger, you know? I mean, that's I mean, granted, he's going to make 18 million dollars to not show up to work, which is Yeah, I mean, I, I awesome. I'd like to be a, a fire a fired football coach in my next that's, career. Honestly, yeah, that'd actually be kind of awesome. Like <laughs> could you just imagine if the athletic was like Nicole? We're going to pay you eighteen million to just not show up. I'd be like, please, yeah. you, you could divide that by like a hundred, and I'd still not come. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know it's it is just a crazy profession, but it's also particularly like, it, I mean, bad look, optics, whatever. But this is like an athletic department that has had trouble raising money for facilities, like all of these things, and then to immediately step up and be able to to get that money from donors and be able to pay that buyout is, is pretty incredible. And I, I just, I'm fascinated by it because it did feel like it was inevitable, but it also felt surprising at the same time when that email came on Saturday and Sunday. Yes, exactly. And that, that's kind of the jarring thing. I mean, right now the only two jobs that are open are Rutgers and Florida state. And, you know, in, in either case, like you could have made the argument for getting through the end of the season, but you also understand why you were like, all right, like, no, we get, it just this isn't acceptable. And like, there's something because you can tell when a team is not playing for its coach anymore. You know, like there are things like that. There are signs of, right. you know, lack of progress and X, Y and Z. And but still, the timing was still surprising. Like, it's just it, it still is, even though we've seen it each year, it's still fairly rare to do this in the midseason. And because it uproots the entire season for the rest of the players. So I'm just I'm just so fascinated to see how this plays out because it is such a unique setting for a college football program. Sure. And, you know, Willie was so different than Jimbo. And um, it's just kind of it's just going to be fascinating because the ACC is better when the Florida State is good. It's one of those programs like Clemson, I'm sure, would love. Yes. For Florida State to be good and to be a true, you know, those games really mean something. Um, so I hope they get there. But, you know, again, like I just you you could go in so many different directions. And then even if you find the right guys, do they want to go there? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the other piece of this is that, you know, Jeff Scott was pushed decently hard about his interest or his potential conversations with Florida State on Monday, just kind of given 
you know, obviously the, the, the history there. And one of the first things that he said was that um, this is like, in particular, this is the most important time of the year for a coach to stay focused. Like you're so busy mm. um, with, in Clemson's case, trying to win an ACC championship. You're trying to win a college football playoff. You're trying to m- potentially win another national championship. You're trying to sign your signing class in December. I mean, this is, if you're a coach that is going to be pursued, this is like the craziest time ever to to do that and so um I don't think that that ultimately decides whether or not a coach is interested but it certainly changes I would think the way that you approach these conversations with these prominent coaches that you might be trying to get a hold with yes and that's and that's that's part of the reason you use a search firm you know have those middlemen have those conversations still allow coaches who are in season or in the playoff hunt to say, no, I have not talked to Florida State directly. You know, you, you're giving people that cover, and that's part of the reason you go the search firm route. And we've talked about this, about the continuity at Clemson. And when you when you just outlined all those reasons that it's complicated time, if you're genuinely interested or interviewing or talking to any schools, it just, again, makes me think how crazy it is that Alabama has been able to stay at the level every that they year. have when they've had every year multiple coaches you know, one foot in, one foot out. And, you know, it's it's bit them sometimes, like last year, but they still are just at such a high level despite all of that every single year with multiple coaches going through that. Yeah, that's honestly – I mean, I think that you can make an argument that it is equally impressive how much, like, Clemson staff staying together the way it has and Alabama staff breaking up the way it has while still both of them staying nationally dominant are kind of equally but oppositely impressive to me, if that yes. makes any sense. Yes. No, it does. So, yeah, it's – it's what I love about that outside of, you know, head coaches, different personalities and all these things, it's two different ways to skin a cat, right? And But it each way seems incredibly difficult. Like, it's so hard to keep guys – that are that talented, right, in this profession. And then it's so hard to start from scratch with new coaches every year. And so it, it's fascinating. It would be fascinating if that if one of these coordinators from Clemson does decide it's time to become a head coach and you do have to go through that process for the first time in a while. And, you know, all of this stuff, it's all hypothetical, and this is why we love talking about, you know, the silly season. But it's really interesting because it's all about, like, human relationships and dynamics and – they all are just always changing. And I don't know, it's my like inner psychologist in me that's like super fascinated by this stuff. Yeah. I mean, I I even thought it was interesting on Monday when Jeff Scott was saying that, um, you know, he like, he has, he's talked to Dabo in the past about opportunities that have come up and he's gone and gotten Dabo's advice. And, you know, he had said, basically, all I know is that I haven't seen it yet. Like, you know, when you see it and you know, when you don't, and, and I haven't seen it yet. And I thought that that was interesting that there's, like you said, there's this human element of it. It's like, we all look at Jeff Scott as Dabo Sweeney's co-offensive coordinator, wide receivers coach, as Dabo Sweeney's employee, but there's a mentor relationship here. There's yep. a human relationship here. There's a friendship here. You know, I mean, yep. there's just so much to these coaching searches that are more than just Florida State is targeting X Y Z. Here is what X Y Z has said. Yes, and you know there are coaches all over um, that just some of them don't maybe. Maybe we'd, we'd stay somewhere for less money instead of, you know, the next step on their career. 
or like I did a story on Ricky Ronnie, Penn State's offensive coordinator, who like really doesn't have head coaching aspirations. Like he just wants to be the best coordinator in the country. And that's pretty rare because there's just so many different ways you can go about this. And like Willie Taggart's career is a good example of this. Like he was taking the jobs that were coming his way. Like that's why he moved to so many different programs in the last five years. And you don't see it. There are a lot of coaches that when they got to Oregon wouldn't have taken the Florida State job, right? Like there's, it's just, it's, it's kind of interesting how you can't really predict some of this because some people are like, I will have 10 different jobs in 10 years if I think that's going to help me. And there's others who are like, I want to set down roots. I want to, you know, I have kids in high school. And I want them to finish the high school at this place or X, Y. There's, there's so many different factors. And it's really, it's really interesting to watch. But I, I'm with you that Florida State feels different in terms of, like, is this an opportunity that you seriously look at? There are not that many jobs where you can legitimately say, like, we can win a national championship here. And that's one of the jobs that you can say that. Yeah, I mean, then also, like, let's just call a spade a spade here. This is probably the most fertile recruiting state in the country. Like, the, yeah, the talent yeah. is literally right in your backyard, and you just have to figure out how to get it to walk through your doors, which should not be a tough sell when you've got the the people and the culture that you need to have there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll keep an eye on all of this for you Clemson fans. Grace will be all over your assistance and if they are staying or not but don't be surprised they'll be on a lot of these lists when we're listing out candidates for all these jobs that are gonna open uh they will be in there and we will be keeping tabs on it um we will be back for our regularly scheduled more on the field uh protect the rock podcast episode uh bonus episode on thursday for subscribers we'll get more into the nc state game we'll be reacting to the playoff rankings which will come out uh, Tuesday night for the first time, we will definitely need to dissect, you know, what we learned about how the committee views Clemson undefeated, but the schedule, we know. We will have more on that in the upcoming game on Thursday's pod. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>